Oh, hi. I didn't see you there, because that's not how a podcast works. Either way, thanks for tuning in to Dress for the Podcast You Want. You've already upped your success like 15% just by doing so. If you want to continue that trend like successful and attractive people that I know that you are, because I can see you even though I said I couldn't, uh, you can like our Facebook page about Dress for the Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at, at Dress for the Podcast, or you can go to the website, www.dressforthepodcast.com, to make sure you stay up to date on all that good good audio listenings. And if you ever need to reach us directly to ask a question for a guest, or if you're feeling successful enough, you want to be on the podcast or something, you can email us at dressforthepodcast at gmail.com. My guest this week is Marissa Gavami, actor, singer, voiceover artist, model, and advocate, and founder and CEO of Healing Tree, a nonprofit that focuses on how society responds to abuse and interpersonal trauma. And don't worry, we talk about that very serious subject, but also find time to talk about without a trace, falling down in the bathroom, and of course, as always, Tony Shalhoub. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, there are probably going to be some pretty big positive changes coming to the show soon, so consider yourself an early adopter, pat yourself on the back, and enjoy all of your well-earned success. We're just going to roll. We're just going to go with it. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Guess what? What? The podcast just started. I felt that, though. You felt the energy shift? Well, I just thought you were going to trick me, and you did. I did. Um, (laughs) Bessie's gone. Not forever. She's not gone forever. Bessie's my usual co-host, and she is uh, out of town. Out of the town? On the town. On the town. Today. Um, So, with me instead, the next best thing. Right. As That's I accurate. usually refer to her, my fiance. <laughs> That's lovely. Megan Greener. Hi, Megan. Hey, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Why are you sorry? Because I'm not Bessie. <laughs> That's okay. Um, no one's asking you to be Bessie. Okay. I'm just asking you to. I think only she can handle them. But... I signed up for Betsy. For, well, you signed up for Bessie, not Betsy. <laughs> so I don't know which Clearly, podcast you're we've on. We've never met. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I will tell her you said so. Um, no, I'm here for for you and you, and I'm so glad that you're joining us. So, oh, me know. too. Me yeah. too. Well, who's that third voice said the weird... Said me. Said, said me. Said me. Said, hey, Megan. Hey. Who's that third voice? Who's that third voice? That third voice is our guest today, whose name is Marissa Gavami. Hello. Hi, Marissa. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm warm. It's, it's hot out. I don't want to do podcasts in the summer anymore. Yeah, I guess when you do like 12 of them. Because you have to turn off all the AC and you have to turn off all the fans and it just gets warm. You've done quite a few at this point. Did you just figure this out today? Uh, this is where I put my foot down. Got it. Got it. I hope that mic's come picked up it up. to the surface. I mean, it's not going to happen. Honestly. I have a very strict schedule. We've still got recording to do over the course of the month, but <laughs> I guess I'm really just pleading with the New York summer. So you're just going to sweat it out. To fuck off. Yeah. Um, Marissa. Yes. You're here now. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a successful person? Some days. Oh, which days? Today? I think today is like uh, uh maybe a 50% successful day. Uh, oh. If I were to grade myself. Oh. That's good, though. F- not 50%'s not good. 50%'s an F. Uh, 
Uh, 50 out of 100%, though. Like, like, yeah, but like, I'm not looking at it on like an ABCD. I'm looking at it like how fully. On a gradient of mm -hmm. could could be successful, could not be successful. I'm looking at it like how fully have I lived out what I what I want for the day, and well, how present have I been, and how grateful have I been, and just you know. And that today has been about fifty percent. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. the day's still young. There's still some day left. But well, what I mean, happened? If, we, if you I mean, ordered her a pizza and she ate half of it, that's that's a good <laughs> portion. That's a good amount of right. food in her stomach. I usually eat a whole pizza. Okay. Well, not everybody's as <laughs> successful as you. Exactly. That's why you have a podcast. <laughs> that's true. That's one of the requirements. If you want to start a podcast is you have to eat a whole pizza. Yeah. Or they won't let you into the guild. Which is why I don't have one. When's the last time you ate a whole pizza? Oh, gosh. Have you ever eaten a whole pizza? Yeah, I probably have. Yeah, man. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time, though. So, so okay. So, then talk to me then about your definition of success, because that seems like it's... It also seems like it's something you've thought about. I, I definitely have thought about it, because I think... I mean, I think most of us um, growing up, at least if we have the privilege to even think that we could potentially be successful, mm -hmm. then we spend a lot of time dreaming about what that looks like, mm -hmm. right? And I think a lot of it is this kind of exterior definition. And as those things happen, sometimes we realize, oh, wait, well, I just got that thing that I wanted and it doesn't make me feel the way that I was hoping it would make me feel. Example. Right? Oh, gosh. Um, okay. I remember being, you know, maybe 14 or 15 years old and thinking, if I can join the union as an Whoa. actor, right? Like that... That will just make my life as an actor. At 14 like, or 15? I don't even think I knew what the union was. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't have been able to identify what they were. <laughs> I, I had been out to LA for a pilot season. I had won wow. the Apollo in New York as a kid. Whoa. And that took me out to LA. Okay. At a young age. And so I knew about those things. And being exposed to those things, I thought, well, you know, once I'm SAG, then, you know, and it was SAG then, not SAG after, right? And it was once I'm SAG, then, you know, then that's it. Then I've made it. Then I'm successful. And I, I kind of really believed that at the time, I think, right? And then that happens. Um, I got my SAG card on a show called Without a Trace. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that show. Yeah, I know that yeah. Why do I know that show? Yeah. It was a big CBS show back in the day. All I know yeah. is you were on The Sweet Life of Zack and That's Cody. so, yeah. Definitely <laughs> a <laughs> successful moment. Was, um, was that sort of like a Criminal Minds type yes, of show? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. In yeah. that vein. So was then Tony it happens. Was Tony Shalhoub on it? Oh, uh, yeah. I think so. Tony Shalhoub was on it? I think so. No way. Was he? No freaking way. I don't know why I censored myself, maybe because in case Tony's listening. I don't know if you know the running <laughs> gag of this show, which is not a running gag, which is a very serious running fact, is that I want Tony Shalhoub to come on the show. Oh. Um, and, and I feel like if he was on this show... Tony. Let me tell you, I, he's not in my like Rolodex. So well, no, yeah. but if he was, if he cannot he help you. Without a trace, <laughs> no, no, Still couldn't help no you. Tony Shalhoub, no Tony Shalhoub on Without a Trace. But he should be. Bring back bring back Without a Trace and put Tony Shalhoub on. Yeah, I'll do it. From um, the co-star that I did a decade ago, I'll do you. my best. Um, so anyway, but so it happens, right? And then you think like, oh, well, that didn't solve all my problems, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think enough of those instances happen hmm. where you've set a goal for yourself and you think that means success. And the attainment of that goal brings me what like fulfillment and acceptance and and joy and all those things and for me at least it's always just you know maybe a day or two of that maybe during the project and then you know afterwards you think well what here's my next goal and you just keep setting it higher and higher and i realized that at a pretty young age and i thought okay i can't live in that in endless loop of 
of just constantly setting the bar higher, but never really relishing in in the present moment. Mm. And and so I kind of shifted my my definition and how I value success and how I define it um, because I want to be happier. I want to. I want to start. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's the question, right? So um, part of what you said was about it doesn't solve the problem, right? right. And the problem being not being happy, not feeling good. Like it, I just went to the doctor and I sure. haven't been at a doctor in like six years cause I'm a terrible human being. Sure. Um, and he, and lo and behold, I drink a Dr. Pepper every day. I drink a lot of wine. I work out when I feel like it. I'm in <laughs> super good health. Um, and I had no idea like, well, that's good. And well, but, and that, and so that was like, all right, well, if I'm in super good health, why do I still feel bad? Mm. Right. So I think, uh, and and that conversation sort of shifted into when I went to my therapist right after. I was like, you know, if if um, if if I'm chasing it, he was like that. He well, he was saying like that. That sounds very similar to this desire that I've noticed in you to like be diagnosed with someone. If someone came out and told you like <laughs> you have this thing, then you know that hey, that's the problem, and that's what I can tackle. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, if you don't like, if you go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, nope, you're healthy. Then it's like, all right, well, let me get back in the weeds and like figure out what's going on with my body and brain and everything so like uh no that soundproofing just fell it was fun to watch though great um so why do you want success to make you happy i think that or is that where you started and now no i think honestly i think it it started and and has maintained um pretty innocently and what i mean by innocently is that i think that i value uh doing the things that i love because i really do enjoy them and Good. so I want to be able to do more and more of them um, and and with better, um, you know, projects. And by better, I mean maybe, uh, you know, just better writing or, sure. you know, people who have more experience who are going to push me and help me grow on my craft, right? So I, th- I think that I've, I've wanted, quote unquote, success because I love what I do and I just want to be able to make a living doing it and, sure. and, and mm-hmm. get to pick great projects and get to be a part of great projects. Right. And you've been doing it for a, such a long so time yeah, and with such yeah. a high, like your bar must be so high. It's like how, um, when you do drugs, not you, not when Marissa does drugs. When... So basically this is about, <laughs> well, it's, this is an intervention. Marissa, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> um, well, it's like when, when someone does drugs and you have to do like more and more and more right. because you build up a tolerance for it, you've yeah. been being successful, especially from an external point of view for yeah. so long. So I appreciate this uh, topic being brought up because I was actually I had a stage reading a couple nights ago and I freaked out about it Ooh. and I I love the play and I love the character and I just totally wanted to deliver and I put this enormous amount of pressure on myself and all of a sudden this one reading in my mind became like this <laughs> huge um issue of where I was in in my career and in my craft. And it was like just examining the, the, the plateau and what I needed to do to get to that, that next mountain peak. And it just became huge in my head. Why did you do that to yourself? I, I, you know, I think because I had been working so much internally Hmm. on what I wanted to do to rise to the next level, that then there was this external kind of opportunity Mm -hmm. and i just sort of fueled all of what i had been brewing you're like oh this is supposed to be that thing this thing right Mm -hmm. 
So I, I also had to get off book or, you know, I mean, it's a reading, but I had to be very, very familiar with like 68 pages. I've gone 68 pages in two days. 68 pages. In two days. Wow. So a couple friends came over, a couple acquaintances really came over, friendly acquaintances, and they helped me, which was so kind. And one of them, in the middle of it, I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. And she was so sweet. And she was like, you know, well, from, from my perspective, like, you're doing so well and I would just love to be having the opportunities that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I stopped and I was like, first of all, how how kind of annoying of, of me. And second of all, let's all just take a moment to realize that there's always going to be somebody who wants what you have and you're always going to be looking forward and, and wanting what somebody else has, right? That's true. So there, I have friends who, you know, want their second Tony and I have friends who want to join the union, right? And they're all experiencing the same emotions. And so what I meant to circle back to your question earlier about the problem, what is the problem? I think that if we don't learn how to, to feel abundant and enough and like get rid of that fear around, are we going to make it whatever making it is right? If making it means getting your Tony or if making it means joining equity, then if we can exit from that place of fear and we can stand our ground and our truth in, this is what I'm going to do. And I do believe I'm worthy of this. And this can come to me and this is coming to me. And as it does, I respond with gratitude as opposed to fear that it's going to go away. To me, that's successful. So hmm. do you not think that would become very unmotivating? So that's a good question. And I think people often fear that. And is somebody who um, certainly has big goals. You've got your own holiday. What? You've got your own holiday. I have a holiday. You have a, a you and Adam uh, Brown. I have a day. It's not a holiday. Okay, first it's of all. It's a day. <laughs> if it's you day, it's a Look, holiday. I've never, I have never had someone give me a present on it. So what I'd like it? to say it's not, I don't know, maybe April something. What do you mean you don't oh, know wow, what it is? Know. If I had a holiday, it's if there was a holiday, it's okay, not like I get all. a tree and a present and like a, Why does it keep so, doing this? I hate this. Um, so it's not like your right. birthday that they've decided to commemorate and name No, it's like another you. day of the month, maybe of my birthday month. That, okay. That the mayor was kind enough, the mayor of, of Louisville at the time was kind enough to, to, you know, proclaim Marissa Gavani Day. I want nice. a day. It was very nice. See? But, okay, so do I think that, that it's going to um, make me feel... Does it not make you feel every year on the day? I don't even know the day. Uh, obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> so she'll just, April she'll just feel it the whole month. <laughs> yeah. Or she won't feel it. Do you not feel feelings? I, I, I clearly feel feel. I feel a lot of feelings. <laughs> um, so... But, but your question it was a good question, and now we're talking about the non-holiday that I have. <laughs> the, the, the question of um, will it change my motivation? I thought about that a lot because I have huge goals, right? So I certainly don't want to do something that would harm my motivation because that would just, yeah. you know, that would suck, right? So I don't think it does. To me, what it does is allow the goals to go from like what you're brewing in your head to it actualizes them quicker because you're living in a space of possibility and not of lack and fear. So the goals just become, I want to do this. And then that translates to immediately looking for those opportunities, recognizing that they're everywhere mm-hmm. and then acting upon them. All right. What do you want to do? What's your goal right now? Oh gosh. 
Is that a hard question? It's, no, it's not hard. It's, it's just embarrassing. No, it's not bad. No, I don't have like a <laughs> creepy goal or something. What do you want to no, do? I want to um, eat a person. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, in what area of my life? In like. That's another good, important question. Right, because we've been talking about career, sure. but, and we've been talking about one aspect of my career. I kind of have two sides here, right? I really consider myself an artist and an advocate. And so. Let's talk about you know. that. The behind the scenes of that is. This is a pretty light podcast. <laughs> is there a way to talk? Yeah. I mean, is there a way to talk about your advocacy that's not like yeah. that's that's still that keeps it light? Yeah, you can just cut. <laughs> I don't know if I can put that in there. I mean, we can try, but All right, tell I mean, us I can about, I can keep it light. Tell yeah. us about Healing Tree. Okay, um, I uh, founded a nonprofit a few years back, and uh, I came on as CEO eighteen months later. So I've been founder and CEO of a five hundred one c three for the past uh, three years. And it's called Healing Tree, and it stands for Healing Trauma Resources Education and Empowerment. Mm -hmm. And our mission is to transform how society responds to abuse and interpersonal trauma. So basically what we're trying to do Mm. is it's essentially a a public awareness movement around uh, making healing as opposed to coping the new normal. So unfortunately, there's a lack of integration between the trauma, mental health, and medical field in our country. So uh, there's a lot of coping going on as opposed to processing the things that may have overwhelmed us in our lives, the experiences that may have led to our brains being rewired and to um, some sort of pathologies or or illnesses taking place. And so uh, we believe that um, what what neuroscience shows and what trauma experts um, show and what studies like the ACE study show uh, is extremely valid. And we think that everybody should know this information. And we think that this is a topic that we should all be comfortable talking about because, you know, uh, trauma happens on a huge spectrum. It's not just what we may think of, like rape or war or natural disasters uh, or domestic violence. It can be neglect or emotional abuse or bullying. Mm. And so, you know, it can be little T trauma or, or big T. And <laughs> it's all subjective. And so I think because it's it's just kind of a fact of life somewhere on the spectrum, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Then we should all be able to talk about it and know about it. And so um, we use uh, a, a few different ways to, to kind of make that happen. Resources like hooking people up with resources for healing and not coping, like therapists who are trained in treatment modalities that are most effective. I was just going to ask what were demonstrations of like what your day in and day out type of stuff does. Like how how do you Yeah, so that that would be one way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, linking people up, like say you, God forbid, are suicidal or heavily, you know, depressed and you call a suicide lifeline and you're matched with just any therapist in your area. Mm -hmm. 90% of therapists aren't trained in trauma treatment modalities. And it's very likely that you've had trauma if you're in that position, right? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to we're trying to make it to where when people reach out, they're getting help that um, with the ones really that gets to the root it. of the to the root of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's one chunk of what we do, or one kind of section. And then there's education where we are training professionals across fields, so doctors, nurses, social workers, um, you know, therapists. This year, we're we are sponsoring the training of several therapists across. Um, social service agencies for kids Mm. in the foster system in Kentucky, 95% of whom are under the poverty line. Um, So they're all getting trained in EMDR so that these kids are getting leading treatment. Um, And then the third chunk kind of goes back to 
the other work that I do, which is empowerment is what we call it. Um, but it's, it's all about using the arts to, to create this conversation. Yay, arts. Yeah. I can relate I, I to think, that. You know, sure. when, when we want to make a change in society, what better way than through art? And we want to help people understand something that's really complicated and uh, difficult to talk about. Mm. What better way than, than through art? Is this something, so is this, this, like where mm. <laughs> did you see yourself doing this no you know that's funny i might in my immediate and emphatic answer is no but i actually kind of lied because here's the thing what i remember being five i'm such a liar i remember being five years old and thinking i want to be an actor but i want to have some so i want to use that platform to make a real change uh-huh. at five years old yeah maybe six five years old i was thinking about why won't these people let me play though i know at five i was thinking about being indiana jones that's true i might have done those things yeah why not both yeah why not both um but so i remember thinking you know i knew that i wanted to act i knew i wanted to be quote unquote in the tv that's what i said to my mom when in i was the really TV. in the tv i wanted to be in the tv Inside. Oh. and i was you know recording i would watch old movie musicals and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and the only way she could get work done was to put a video camera out because i wanted to perform for her all day and she was Aww. like i need to go vacuum and live my life <laughs> so she would put a video camera out and i'd do like all of bye bye birdie or my fair lady or something right i love it so i knew Smart what i wanted lady. to do <laughs> but but i also knew that i really wanted to um i knew that a platform came with acting sometimes and i knew that i wanted to make a make a difference so careful what you wish for (laughs) so i went through uh some experiences in my late teens that opened my eyes to this huge need Mm. um and you know i i healed from some very intense things that a lot of people thought i could have never healed from and i thought well if i have that chance I look at people experiencing homelessness or people in the prison system or people experiencing addiction quite differently now. Um, and I believe that everybody deserves the chance that, that I had and that that would really solve some major issues in our society. So I was like, I got to volunteer with an organization that does this. And I couldn't find one that did it uh, in the way that I believed it needed to be done in order to fix the problem or to help solve the problem. So I took a couple years um, away from acting to, to start it and it mm. kind of took off. And so for the past two years, I've been acting and doing Healing Tree. And there's some overlap, which is kind of my favorite. Wow. Uh, when, they, when they overlap. And so... What's the know, overlap? You get to act for Healing Tree? Um, well, we did, a, we did a video with the trauma center at JRI, which is one of the most well-known ones in the, in the world, one of the leading centers. JRI. Um, yeah, Justice Resource Institute. Cool. And then the National Child Traumatic Stress Network. And there was an acting component of it. And it, um, yeah. And so I did like for that, or, you know, in this reading, the writer was kind enough to give a portion of the funds raised to produce the reading to Healing Tree because the reading dealt with abuse. So there, there are some, some ways of of overlap and now we'll be doing uh, a short film in the next year. Uh, and then taking that and kind of building out a workshop around what the topic is and taking that to colleges. And is is that a short film that was written within the the company or was it commissioned by somebody um, so or? we have we have not written it yet so okay. we've just gotten the kind of go-ahead that this is our our plan wow. for for a fundraising for the the program that we're going to be focusing on for the next year wow so um yeah but it will be definitely with the themes and and sort of the the pieces that we find important that we want to raise awareness on mm-hmm. uh from within the company yeah so we're the organization the nonprofit. so you're so yeah. cool thanks i wish i were successful like you I don't feel cool so if, if people could see me like my my little headphones. Hold on. I don't. I don't feel cool or look cool. I'm gonna look cooler in a minute. All right. I know. I don't feel 
as cool either. The headphones are squeezing my glasses into there my head. There we go. Oh. So I might have to slant them. Now I feel cooler. Light. Your glasses? Yeah. But well, now you look really look cool. cool. <laughs> only, only you guys can see this. I'm sorry that everybody else can. I can take pictures. I have a phone. That's fair. So you're asking about goals. You were saying, you know, what are your, what do you want to happen next? And I said, what, what part of my life? So are we talking personal? Or well, we now we get to talk personal and not your goals yet. How's your oh. personal life? Are you successful? <laughs> I do feel I do feel That's a funny question. It's always a funny question. It's, it's in my stating of how's your personal life? How's your personal life? Because it sounds like how's your love life? That's, All right, that's, how's that's, your love life? See, I take issue that that's where oh. we immediately go. Yeah, I know, Megan. I know, I know. Jeez, that's why I laughed. Right, because <laughs> it, it sounds like are you dating someone? Yeah, you're exactly. really just saying like how's your life? Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't need to be dating somebody right, to have me, a good life. Let me right? segment right. this into a very uh, com com. Wait, what's the word I mean? I don't know. Consumable? Yes or no questions. Okay. Are you dating someone? No. I'm like never dating someone though. I'm, I, yeah. How are your cats? Fantastic. I know that wasn't a yes or no, but I know you have cats. And I love that you were just like, are you dating someone? No, never. How are your cats? Amazing. <laughs> so maybe those two things go together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry before you go on. Can I ask the names of the cats? Viola and Sebastian, which I you'll appreciate. Know, oh my God. so good. Viola and Sebastian, and the they're, cats. And they're twins and they're rescues, so it really it oh works. The whole thing my. works. Yeah, she's drinking out of a Shakespeare cup. God, the Branding. synergy is <laughs> on fire. All right, well, how's the rest of your personal life? You live in Queens. I live in Sunnyside, yeah. I don't mean to dox you, but... Yeah, let's just give everyone my address. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I I think of my personal life as sort of my inner world, Mm. right? So, that is something that I would say most days I would give myself like an 80% success on. Because I'm very, very strict with my daily habits. It's, It's, you know... Very rarely do I break sort of what I do every day. Tell us. Um, Tell us your secrets. Oh, God. Let us be successful so, like you. 6 a.m. up. No. Uh, well, sometimes that's Sebastian's doing, though. That's Ugh. not necessarily like what I would prefer. Um, so I'm looking at, so you guys can't see this, but he has wine on, on his computer. Yes. And I'm remembering my other cat like ruining a friend's laptop by putting water on the laptop, <laughs> like sweeping it. So we're talking about him and I'm just like, oh God, you can't have that there. And yeah, you can. I there's, can. There's, there's no, no cats critters, here. Yeah. So you're safe. So I wake up um, and I, I start mindfulness before I get out of the bed. So <gasps> I do sort of a body scan and a mind scan of like, what am I even working with today? Right. Wow. Like what's even happening here? Um, and then I will listen to some sort of like a devotional and I will go into some sort of prayer. And I know for some people that's like a creepy word or a scary word. And you I know what devotional I like is that word. one where the girl's in the, in the standing on the sink and she's in the mirror and she's like, I love my life. I love my family. Really yeah, I love that. Yes, yes. <laughs> is that what you do? I, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, and and then I um, will go into like a more intense kind of meditation, um, and then I'll do. This is all before you've left the bed. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Most days. All I, I do in bed, bed in the morning is go. Why am I awake? Why am I alive? What's happening? Well, maybe try some. See what it does for your day. I'll try. Right, and then I'll. Um, then I journal. I do three pages of, of morning pages. Oh, artist way. way. Yes. So I did that years ago. Megan did the artist way. Yeah. Group in my apartment. I think I got to redo it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, tell me if you do, because I've been thinking about redoing it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, You're not going to come from Sunnyside. 
well, who said that I wouldn't invite her to my place? Oh, snap. Anyway. <laughs> right? Good. Um, get her out of the apartment. So I journal three pages. And I like to say, get the crazy on the page. So if I'm feeling these thoughts that make me feel, you know, out of control or I'm feeling insecure or, or I'm feeling really happy and excited or, you know, whatever it is, I like to, again, like know what I'm working with for the day. So I do that. Um, then I'll, I'll be eating while I'm doing that. So I'm out of bed at this point. And I'm, then I do yoga and then I work out. And then I'm ready to like start my day. And then I have at two o'clock several. <laughs> no, <laughs> then I have several things above my desk in my room that I kind of check off, and they're also in my iCal that I have to do every day. And it's for like every area of my life that I want to expand. So I mean, there's certain healing tree things, and then there's certain you know uh, within acting, it's like okay, working on the craft itself, working on the the submissions or the kind of networking preparing for something specific right um same with singing um then it's kind of like learning something new with all of that you're looking at me like i've just absolutely lost my mind no no i'm just jealous i'm well i'm wait am i jealous or envious i don't know i'm one of them i hope neither i am one of them for sure um because like i said more i mean mornings specifically are tough for me i my my motivational clock doesn't start until about four in the afternoon yeah and he's mm. more of a, a very good working night owl in a perfect world i would work from 7 p.m to 2 a.m yeah, yeah like I, be... I i get that a little i do i think maybe that's anytime i well, notice you can't something get like that, that too you can't be both you're not allowed to be a morning person and a night owl or i'll throw you out a window <laughs> it's not i mean i do work kind of all the time i do work a bit sure. around the clock yeah of course um but i understand not having that motivation early which is maybe why i built this stuff did in. you have to work for it oh my gosh yeah, so this idea, I think that's another really good topic to talk about with success. You know, my my sweet parents, God love them, would always say, you're so talented, you're so talented, and you're so smart. And so people are probably listening going, oh, you poor thing. But first of all, I'm very, very grateful to have always felt supported and, and unconditionally loved. But I've started taking real issue with the idea of you're so smart and you're so talented as compliments. It's tough. Because I've done nothing for any sort of innate intelligence or talent. I've done nothing for that. So the compliment should be around you work your butt off. The compliment should be around, hey, you didn't have any of those habits a couple years ago. And every single day you had a little checklist and you would reward yourself. At first, it was a checkmark system and a reward system to be to make those become habits now we're doing like a nighttime gratitude journal too and it's like you know i'm missing a lot of nights so that that'll be another system there will be a new thing that i want to incorporate it'll be hard it will be fighting to learn it in early childhood development right is about like intelligence is static right when you hear like sure. you're smart or like smart or like good smart smart right. boy it makes you go like oh great i did smart i don't mm-hmm. have to do smart anymore mm-hmm. yeah now mm-hmm. i can do something else yeah and, and what's the, what was the alternative that you learned when complimenting a student that's who what i'm trying to remember i think it's about the fact that like making it individual mm-hmm. to that thing rather than broad to the person right rather than saying like you're so smart saying like that was a smart thing you did right mm-hmm. that was good that was very clever that right that you did was good right like so because that makes you want to do that thing again and that mm-hmm. takes it back to what you wish they would be saying which is you are doing those things and you're right. being consistent with them right mm-hmm. and and it's really difficult for me like mm-hmm. that's what i think people don't understand is that like Anything that I've done, you know, it, it's not necessarily like it just flows out. Sure. Like, no. you know, what people aren't seeing is like, you know, the behind the scenes of, of me fighting with myself to to do that mm-hmm. thing, right? 
um, you know, I had a, I had a healing tree freak out similar to this stage reading freak out a couple weeks ago. And it's like, you know, you reach these places, um, the Chinese symbol for, um, uh, I, I believe it's crisis is both danger and opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned that years ago and I've always kept that in mind when I feel like I'm in a crisis. <laughs> and, you know, I think we can always like face that or face that fear or that challenge and evolve, or we can just stay stagnant for a while. And so I'm always challenging myself to break through. And that's really hard. You know, it's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I think that, that, in complimenting ourselves or others or in holding ourselves to a higher standard, we need to demystify talent and we need to demystify intelligence. Hmm. <laughs> we're, 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 in the, we're in the later third of the podcast, which means I don't want to open worm cans, but doesn't that, ugh, doesn't that demystification just mean that eventually some people start to get told, like, you're not good enough for that? Or you're not talented enough for that or smart enough for that? No, I think that that's what it prevents. Hmm. Because if everything is just what you're born with, then if I'm, right? Sure, sure. But then doesn't that conversation become, you're not smart enough for that right now? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, but there's hope in that. Sure. Right? So if we have, if if we are... I just think there are a lot of actors, uh speaking from the other side of the table. Sure. There are a lot of actors that should be told, like why they're not getting cast in things sure there are a lot of actors who should be told like why things aren't panning out for them and i think a lot of that time is just like you're not good enough right now like and maybe that's the extenuation of the conversation is you're not good enough right now you you could be go do some more work and i would even say your work isn't up to par right now with what we need because i think actors we're our own instruments Mm. right so when i hear I'm not good enough. Well, you know, my acting, while it may, while I may draw on my life experiences and my emotions and whatever, right? It's not, I am not what my acting work is. I'm Marissa. I'm a human and I happen to be an actor for a job, but, but that's not me. So when I hear I'm not good enough, that's a real problem. But if I audition for something and they say, you know what? you are not able to effectively execute what we need for this role right now. <laughs> it's true, though. Then all of a sudden, it's just it, a lot it of becomes, words. well, then, you know, if they have the time to yeah. to whatever, then, you know. Well, all right. Hold on. We got to, you got a question. We got to answer this question. Okay. Because I, we got a question from the, from the audience. Oh, okay. From, this question comes to us from Carrie Lynn. Are we allowed to say that? That wasn't her whole name. I didn't say her last okay. name yet, but it All does right. come to us from Carrie Lynn, who asks, "I have here's the whole question. I have spotty memories. Can I heal all the way without having to remember everything, leave the holes there, and still live a fulfilled and happy life?" So this must be somebody who who knows uh, about my healing tree work sure. who asked this. Um, I also, and so I told you I relate to this question because I also oh. have a shit memory are you carrie lynn <laughs> i didn't want you to find out this way i have carrie lynn no i just have a really bad memory i talk to my therapist about this all the yeah. time and he doesn't seem too concerned about it i'm always just like i don't he'll ask me a thing and i'll be like i don't know i don't remember and that really worries me that i don't remember and well that's like, a huge symptom of trauma though i mean is it of course yeah. but it happens to me every day i don't remember like 
like what I had for meals. Am I co- well, constantly traumatized? Well, no, it's that your short-term memory and your long-term memory are are affected by trauma. So <gasps> if you're unable, yeah, we could take this offline. <laughs> we don't have to. We could do it right here. Um. So so Carolyn's question is if she's if she's missing memories, can she heal all the way with that? Mm-hmm. So and I assume that that's talk- I don't want to I don't want to yeah. presume this is your area of expertise, but like, is that about? Can she heal from this trauma without having to remember right. all of the trauma? That's what things? I'm assuming. Right. That's what I'm assuming it is. Uh, I believe yes. I believe the idea of healing fully, though. I don't know Carrie Lynn's personal trauma history. I do not know how intense it is. I do not know her personal resiliency factors, how old she is, etc. Right. I believe that we can all always move further and further towards healing. But I also believe we're human beings. And so new things are going to happen. And I don't know if somebody's going to feel 100% whole if they do these treatment modalities, right? But but things like losing certain diagnoses, if you're considering that, you know, I considered myself healed when I lost my PTSD diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. So like, hmm. I, I think this is a, it's a question of definition of, of the word too. But so I believe yes. And the reason I believe yes, is that Say you don't have uh, an, an explicit memory of something. What you will likely have, and the reason you're likely asking this question, is that you likely have um, cognitive distortions. You, you, you likely have negative sensations, right, and, and feelings. And with those things, you can bring the very sensations and beliefs and work on undoing those without the memory of where they come from. Mm. Also, people who've suffered a lot in their lives, right? Like, they might not even, it would might be impossible to remember every single little thing that they need to heal from, right? Sure. So you take like a big, you take a central issue of say, I feel unsafe, or I feel unworthy, or I feel damaged. Mm-hmm. And you heal that, and that is what allows you to quote unquote heal without remembering all of the stuff. So you're easing or releasing the actual sensation that exactly. you Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's also not so much a cognitive process, right? It's stored our brains and bodies uh, store it. It's, it's not necessarily like, like a neocortex thing. Sure. So um, yes. And keep going. good. Gmail offered me some suggestions. It's got some, but <laughs> it's got some, but I didn't realize this. This must be a 2018 thing. It's got some Gmail buttons that I can click for me. either. Of course you can. Oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, the, uh, or I don't think so. The, and I can just automatically reply in oh one of those gosh. three ways. So Google automatic also, answers. Gmail is clearly like tracking Carrie Lynn's life, which is like scary. And well, like your response. Good for Carrie Lynn. Well, well, what I find good about this is that two of those are positive. Two out of two, two out of eight, three, seventy five percent. I feel like it's a magic eight ball, like <laughs> Gmail BS. Like I don't like that. I don't think it's personal, and I it's think it's not seventy five percent. I'm dumb. <laughs> it's like it's like sixty. It's, it's that sixty six yeah, repeating. Yeah. I don't fucking care. That's it's not. Right. This isn't a math show. Right. Um, I, I don't want to throw this off course, especially when we're in the last. I do. Um, throw it off course. And if you want to save this for last or something, we totally can. No, this um, might be last. This might be last. Okay. Yeah. If I'm not interfering, with let's anything. find out. Um. No, I mean just. For me, selfishly, I would like to know at least a little bit of the tidbit of your shared Walden days. Oh, that's right. So Marissa oh. and I go way <laughs> back. Way back. Uh, Marissa and I have known each other since we were, and we're the same age, which I didn't realize until Do we, Must we reveal you. that? 
Oops. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say how old we are, but we right. are the her same age, age. Give her a dress where she isn't queen. Right. <laughs> Blood type. <laughs> um, and Marissa and I went to the same sort of pre-college conservatory uh, program in Louisville. How fortunate were we to have that in Louisville, right? It's amazing. It's, uh, it's, it was yeah, Walden Theater. Girl. I like that. Now, yeah. uh, cons- the Commonwealth Theater Conservatory or some shit. They rebranded. I don't fucking know. I um, appreciate that. Hi. Last time Marissa and I got together, I told her a story of what I remembered, and she didn't remember remember it. What was it? We were in a production of The Beggar's Opera. I remember that. No, but you don't remember that you slipped in the bathroom and hurt your elbow before a show. Yeah, I don't really remember. Because someone, some fucking genius had, like, taken the toilet bowl (laughs) lid top off I don't remember. There was a. It was the girls' dressing room. Why did I whole, need to like lean back onto? The no, no. There was like water that, on the floor, and you fell. And, I remember the water. I do remember that. And I you fell down, and you boo booed yourself, or someone did. Maybe someone else boo booed themselves. I remember I the water, and I don't remember the falling. Well, what do you remember? I just remember there being like a flood. Well, no. What do you remember about Walden? But it's a good story uh, that will satiate Megan. Oh, uh, this well, this just this. The best. I I mean I don't. No, no, this this goes into something I've been thinking recently, too, which is I um, I really I have this weird new neuroses where I want to find someone sort of like tertiarily in my life uh, and like take them for a drink and be like, what do people say about me hmm. when people talk about me when I'm not in the room? What do they talk about? And obviously this I won't th- obviously that. this won't like fulfill that because you don't know you're not around. You know, what people say, but like, what do you remember about? you or me or us from walden from our baby days enough about you let's talk about david i mean that's what the podcast is about (laughs) (laughs) let's not get it twisted i think you know what i remember was you and and robin being so close and you're still partners well yes robin now james my my business partner uh Though those memories. I think what I what, what do you I remember? love about Walden is that like he doesn't listen to this even if I can care. No, oh, that's not very nice to him. <laughs> well, I, uh, but that's what Megan I, doesn't listen to it because oh the podcast is just about me going ba 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 ba. These people, James I'm and gonna. Megan. I'm, you don't have to. You get to. You I'm live gonna. with that. You hear me do it all the time. I'm usually when he's recording these. I'm usually the one cooking in the other room. It's true. Yeah. I cook sometimes. So I remember your your sweet friendship, and it was so cool to me that. You know, years later, I see uh, you guys are running a, a beautiful theater company. Together. We do. We because do I that. think that that's, that is just very uh, indicative of the type of environment that was Walden. Mm. I know so many of us have lifelong friendships and partnerships, yeah. you know, from that beautiful place. So that's that's what I remember. And that's why I think Walden is, is so great. Who's your best friend? My best friend in the world is Natalie. Uh, now Natalie Andrews. Oh, oh really? I've been best friends with her since I was five years old. Though, before Walden. We I grew know up in the same her. Neighborhood. Yeah, so I'm an only child, but we grew up in the same neighborhood. We went to the same voice teacher, dance lessons. We went to Y-Pass at the same time. Walden. We did tons of plays outside of Y-Pass Walden I want to have Natalie so on the show. Sisters. Well, she lives in she uh, lives Phoenix. In, exactly. She's a, she's a voice teacher, so she has... Among other things, so she has great mics, I'm sure. So maybe she could just do it from her. You end. guys could just yeah. do it remotely, but she's fantastic. Or I could record my half and um, then send it to her, and she could record. Her and you no, that we'll see how much like a real conversation. Um, no, but yes. Yeah, what do you so want to say to Natalie? Um, thank you for being my sister. I've never felt like an only child because of you. And she's she's so um she's so amazing, and that she's somebody who really gets the trauma stuff we were talking about, and mm. she just worked 
so hard and her life has just blossomed in so many uh, just really stunning ways because of it. Aww. And so um, I just I, I give her, you know, all the props for that. Oh, I'm sure as, oh, as, a, as a voice teacher, she must actually get a lot of people coming in and whatever they went through must manifest in yes. their voice. It is the yep. most. Yes. Oh, my God. And she's so sensitive with it because sure. so many people don't understand that. Right. Mm-hmm. And and when she you also release is, that one muscle and then just start right? weeping. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Well, and she's so passionate about about teachers, especially, you know, whether it be acting or singing, whatever being um not not re-traumatizing especially young people that's right. that's a big passion of hers and so she does such a good job and i you know i'm constantly like i've never taken a voice lesson from you but i know you're just great because of how we talk about your students and you know the work you do so cool yeah marissa what do you want to plug what do i want to plug your you website had me on last week so that everybody kind of come to this to too this late reading. this episode won't even go out until wednesday uh, so think about it then i don't know um what do i want to plug i don't have anything to plug your website yeah, uh, visit me on, on marissagavami.com. Instagram. Um, Instagram. I'm always on Instagram. I post yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, it's at... I'll link all that stuff. It'll oh, be fine. Oh. Oh, how do you... Okay, but it's a podcast, but... I mean, there is some reading involved. They do have okay, to read it in the in, description. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. All right. But our audience um, is very active. They can handle that? They, they are right. smart. They're clever. Right. No, wait. I trust them. The thing that they will do will be smart. I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to box them in. Yeah. Okay. There you go. See. Uh, Megan. Yes. This is your first time co-hosting. How did it go? Um. Uh. I hope it went well. How do I you think I... you did? Marissa did a lot of grading of herself. How do you think you did? Um. I think I might have been on the quiet side, but only because I don't want to throw anybody off their train of thought or be obnoxious. So or... what? Like, and I also didn't want to be the dead weight. Um. So I don't know. It's like a B minus. Maybe. Maybe a B minus C plus. What? Did I, how did I do? Uh, certainly better than me. All right. That's what I'm always going for. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marissa, for being on our podcast. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. I'm going to leave you on this note. <laughs> <laughs> that was the note. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs>